Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Live Healthy Naturally. I am your podcast host, Dr. Samir Sridharan, and I am here with our beautiful, wonderful guest, Vandana. It's another story of healing and even a shift in paradigm because she is not someone who, like me, was raised in a holistic household or someone who actually even knew a lot of things about holistic health or anything about holistic, like what did it even mean, those words. Yet, she is someone who had made this amazing, beautiful shift in her own life and in her own words, she'll share with you why, how, and what that means to her. And I'm so excited to invite her. I met her a few years ago when she had just given birth to her baby. And she had what we call as a pup rash. It's usually a rash that comes on during pregnancy or rather more like signs that comes on during pregnancy. And you know, most of the time the treatment for that is antihistamines and that's about it. There's really nothing else that's done for it. But uh, she unfortunately continued having it even after postpartum and she thought it was going to go away, but it didn't go away. And she continued having it. And so that's how I met her. And together, I think we have actually come a little bit of a ways from there. And it's beautiful for me to be able to be a part of her journey in this. And that's the story that we want to share. So thank you so much, Vandana, for joining us today. Thank you, doctor, for having me. I think it's an absolute pleasure knowing you so far. Oh, I appreciate that. So tell me, tell or rather tell our audience a little bit more about you, maybe a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do now, so that people can understand who they are listening to. My name is Vandana. I'm born and bred in India. I was a former tennis player. I'm a current tennis coach in Richmond, Virginia. So pretty much my upbringing was all done in India. I led a very healthy lifestyle. I grew up with elders in the family, so you hear a lot of voices always in the household that's, you know, sharing. So if you fall sick, there's someone telling you something to do. But I also grew up among the doctors. I mean, it was an interesting uh, blend of both worlds that I uh, came across. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to the U.S. after I got married in 2014, mm-hmm. and I've been here since. Pretty much living it up, if I can say that. Yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful, you know, to be able to have all of those things, right? And I love that, you know, a lot of people may not know this in India. A lot of people live as multi-families together. And it's not really like a multi-family unit in the sense that, you know, different houses in the same house. It's really different families in the same house living as one family. And it's such a beautiful thing. I mean, I grew up like that too. I grew up with my uncle, I grew up with my aunt, I grew up with my grandpa, grandma, and that is just the way it was for us. And I can't imagine it any other way. It is such a beautiful thing because, as you said, there is a lot of wisdom that comes from many generations. And I don't think there is any replacement for experience. It doesn't exist, right? You know, I often think about it because now I'm like, why don't I or why didn't I know this back then? Or why didn't I know this when I had my children? Why didn't I know this? When I was 30, you know, I used to ask these questions and I realized now more and more that I mean, there are some things that you just don't know until you know. And so I think having grandparents like that really helps because they 
have this wisdom that comes with some experience that they can share. And even if it doesn't necessarily make sense to you, you actually follow those things because that's what the elders shared. And it always works out to be for the better, or at least for the most part. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely right. He said, I don't think I appreciated it as much as I was in the household. Mm-hmm. But when I left home, I was like, oh, I'm a free bird now. Let me live it up again, like I said. But I think I started taking uh, responsibility when I conceived. It was at that point that I said, I need to pull up my sock and I need to do something. Mm-hmm. But little did I know that I was going to come up these little little hurdles like you said I had top stash and you know that's how I stumbled upon a lot of other things and because I was an athlete I thought I could fail through pregnancy Mm -hmm. easily Mm -hmm. but I definitely was very turbulent I can say yeah no it is actually and it's crazy because even though I'm a doctor my own pregnancy is very easy or after postpartum too wasn't easy and I really wish that you know I had my grandma at that time or even my children's grandma at that time all the time because I think that is just something so beautiful and so special and somebody else being able to take care of things that you really don't know like I didn't know a lot of things despite the fact that I was a doctor I really didn't know a lot of things once I had my child I didn't know that it was actually okay to have this or it was not okay to have this. And there was lots of questions. And obviously, that's the reason why I do what I do now. I share, I teach, because I don't want anybody else struggling through all of those things. If I didn't know, despite going to medical school, I can only imagine what it would be like for most people. So, yeah, it is definitely hard raising children in another country without any of that support system. Well, the great news is that you're doing wonderfully, right? So (laughs) that's the most amazing part of it. So tell us a little bit more about your pregnancy. Like what happened? Like when did your pop rash start or was that the only thing or was there more than that that you were dealing with and then what happened? So I conceived in 2019 and I was due first week of November. Mm-hmm. So I was going through the spring season in Richmond, which was really bad. Mm-hmm. And then summer was again peaking. And since I was a coach, I was out on the courts all the time. I've had my share of prickly heat and all of that growing up in uh, South India. Madras, Chennai, as they call it now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the things that I came across in my second trimester was new to me. I was like, why am I not healing quickly? You know, obviously... Google was my best friend at that point. So uh, in my second trimester, I started showing having hives and rashes. I didn't even know there was a word called hives at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I could just rashes. And like I said, I thought I had to be heat from the summer. Right. So I went in to get it checked out, rather get it confirmed, saying by then I had already in my head known it was pop scratch. So my doctor obviously was not there. And I ended up seeing someone else in the practice. And mm-hmm. she said, uh, yeah, this is Pabsrash and I think the only way to like, overcome this is to deliver the baby. And I was like, okay, you must be joking because I have another whole trimester to go. So then she said, no, they're very serious. Like if you can't control it, this is the only way to go about it. So I zipped it up. I said, okay, fine. This is not very helpful. So I came back. But then I'd also seen home remedies. Being pregnant, no one's really treating you. Right. Right. So I did the cold compress. It was super crazy that I would take cold showers at like 
on hours in the night, wow. come out and wrap myself again in wet towels oh, to wow. get a couple of hours of sleep. Oh. And, yeah, it was really bad. It was painful. And, you know, I've gone through strenuous mental training. But this was like, what kind of training do you really need to go through this? And my husband used to be like, he used to literally hold my hands in the night because I, to him, I seemed like a drug addict scratching herself all the time. Right. Scratched myself to, you know, literally bleed oh. every, I still have some marks from it. And but, you didn't oh. take any antihistamines at that time? So I was fortunate enough to have an aunt who's an OBGYN practicing in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I cross-checked with her. Mm-hmm. And again, she uh, she gave me some topical benefits. She said, you know, do this. And obviously, that was not something that, you know, gave me any relief. I tried it for a couple of days. It did me. I think I even used this bar soap. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. It was, I don't even recall the name, but it used to stink. Like, literally stink. But, you know, everything. Tar. Google, tar Google. soap, maybe. Tar. Correct. Yeah, it, I mean, you want to feel nice after a shower, but right. I'm ready to do anything right. to, uh, you know, get rid of this uh, thing. But anyway, cut to delivering the baby, like the doctor said. Delivered the baby, and week or two, I was on medication uh, because I had a C-section. Mm-hmm. And then, as the doctor said, I should have relief by now because I delivered the baby, right? Uh, here I am, choosing to scratch myself over pickup. Picking up the baby and nursing. Again, history like repeating, my husband's holding my hand, and you know, I haven't had any sort of relief. So I go to a local dermatologist, again, Google, you know, reviews, go see him. And my husband was like, What are you doing? Because I was like ready to show him where all I had my rashes. Like, do something, like, I'm super desperate. I was nursing my son just fine, but I'm not able to focus on enjoy the journey because hold the baby or scratch yourself. Right. So, I mean, I was sharing it with this really good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and from her, obviously, I was introduced to Dr. Samia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there we took it forward. You, know, you put me on a gut cleanse, gut heal, and then a gut rebuilding. Yeah. I think by that time when I met you, we were in the peak of COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is 2020, right. somewhere June, July-ish. Correct. So I couldn't even go get a allergy test done or whatsoever. Right. So you suggested a, a home kit that was sent to me. Right. So I was like, now COVID is making me... Feel like a lab technician. I'm checking myself. Checking, checking myself. I mean, obviously, like I said, I was taking responsibility of the whole fact, and I wanted to heal myself. Like I'm like, I'll try anything under the sun to get rid of this thing and focus on my you know, my motherhood and stuff like that. So yeah, that's how I stumbled upon you. Yeah, that was actually a lot. I mean, sometimes it's interesting, and I want to share this with the listeners is that, you know, you may actually be in a place where you're told these kinds of things, right? Even during pregnancy or after. Like, Vandana, you should never, ever cease to keep trying, keep looking for somebody else who can actually help you because there is always that, you know, there are always people that can help. And there are some things that I probably can't help either. You know, it's not like, you know, I can do it all. Absolutely not. There are some people that I cannot help. And if I cannot help 
then you know it's somebody else but there is always somebody out there that can help us and so you should never ever give up hope and say well that's it i just have to suffer with this and one of the patients that i actually recently saw that's what was the message for me from that patient is that that patient had pretty much been dealing with this digestive complaint for 20 years wow and I cannot actually believe that somebody would be dealing with it for 20 years. And, you know, just knowing that, that sometimes the human condition is that we just come to accept that this is it and I don't really have a choice is crazy. And she had just given up on it. But recently she started having more symptoms. And that's when, again, you know, the body is reminding her that I'm not taken care of yet. Right. And that's how she found me and came. But it's just amazing how we sometimes do that. And so I don't want... Any of you to ever do that, you know, if your body is talking to you, listen to it because that's the only way it can communicate with you, communicate to you what is really going on, what is wrong. And if you listen and take care of it, then you wouldn't have to suffer all the time. And again, another important aspect of it that I also would like to share is that something that appears on the skin is never a skin problem. Right. And that's such an important thing because the moment something appears on the skin, we immediately go to the dermatologist, we run to the dermatologist. And I hope that, you know, after all of the different episodes that I've actually done here with eczema, with psoriasis, with uh, urticaria, and here the pups rash, you know, hives, I've done so many episodes of it. I hope, you know, you listeners understand that none of these conditions are skin conditions. I know they appear on the skin, but they're not skin conditions. They are the condition of the inside. It's an inside problem. Most of the time it's a gut problem. And if you don't fix the gut problem, the skin is going to keep reacting the way it reacts. And so that's exactly what we did here in your case as well. Yeah, I also it. think just to add to that, if I was, a, if I remember right, you had mentioned angioedema as well. Right. Because yes. I sent you some pictures yes. of my lips swelling yes. and my eyes being. So I thought, okay, lack of sleep, you yes. know, this is motherhood. And, yes. and I was accepting like, you know, knock home head, you know, okay, that's fine. No one's seeing me. So who cares for anything? But I think that was another thing that yes. we had to deal with. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, I have your case record saved as angioedema, not as pups. <laughs> because that's actually what it was. You know, even though they diagnosed you with pup, you know, because it happened during the pregnancy, 99.9% .9 positive that what you had was angioedema. <laughs> so, I mean, it's still, it actually had nothing to do with the skin. So no amount of skin lotion or skin cream or, you know, Benadryl on the skin is going to help that because it's not really a problem of the skin itself, you know. Yeah. And that's such an important thing that I really, really want people to understand. So then what happened after all of that? So the great thing about that is that you are so compliant, you know, no matter what I did, I did all kinds of crazy, you know, things that I ask you to drink and ask you to do and you always do all those things and find relief. So what are the things that you had to do and what did that look like for you from first as a you know perspective of you know not even thinking of it as okay this is holistic and all of those things did it look very scary to you to begin with or was that something that just because of your desperation you were willing to do anything and drink anything <laughs> that I asked you to drink? Um, yeah so I mean I was desperate which was an understatement. But coming from a world of Ayurveda, I mean, and a household of old wife's tales, I mean, I vividly remember how my grandma used to say, oh, she's vomiting, drink hot water, mm -hmm. and then start off with something else. Everything was 
found in the kitchen mm-hmm. or we have these um, stores which sell, uh, sell barks and you know some different cheese and stuff like that i mean the little uh, mom and pop shops where um, you know that would always be in our kitchen as well so if any ailment we would resort to that mm-hmm. it was not really new to me mm-hmm. of course the holistic treatment was i mean gut healing i've heard of people who go berserk on cheese and stuff like the american food i'm never that i mean i've always uh, chosen to eat healthy i come from a athletic background so you know food and nutrition was a big part of my life yeah so it was not scary i trusted you i had a lot of faith in you and in what you had to say because there was always a reason to the whole run so you explained it beautifully every single time but i was i mean although you were ready to explain i was like can i just start on the treatment and get back i mean that's how it was i mean i don't know at that point i felt like i was ready to heal kind of thing right. how long did it take for the hives to start going away could be wrong but i think by the time building our gut i think we had already like i was ready to test myself with dairy and the things that i was asked to stay off right so i mean like in when you told me to cut off a couple of things i was like, instantly i did it yeah and i would never even like smell it i would never bring it inside my kitchen i was like that focused on the journey mm-hmm. but at the end of the gut healing process i was like ready to test myself because no other way because right. in that allergy test or a kit that uh, you know the results were it was crazy i yeah. was reacting to all the pulses so basically the little cooking that i knew and came with the country was totally because like I'm going to forget what I what little I know because I ended up researching how to eat Mexican food because that's not part of my life right and just had to stir fry some vegetables some tofu and you know things like that and like chuck down I'm a big rice eater to eat tortillas was like terrible I was nursing I obviously had to get something down my um, throat because they say you have to get that many calories right all that jazz was happening on one side so yeah I think by the end of that gut heal we were, we were almost I was ready to yeah. challenge yeah and the thing is that you know you were able to challenge it and your body you know started accepting it and not really react to those foods even though your body was reacting to it I mean so in short the reason for the angioedema or the pup rash whatever we want to call it here is that it was actually a reaction of the immune system to the food that you were eating and your immune system being hyper vigilant and just reacting to those things it was not really a skin problem so and then mm-hmm. once you took it out and then healed your gut you actually added back your body doesn't react anymore because your immune system doesn't actually feel that that's foreign body or that shouldn't be there anymore correct yeah so i think that's how sorry to interrupt but mm-hmm. i also stumbled on on lacto vegan I think that was a new term that you had uh, taught me right um because uh, coming from you know brahmin family curd is a big part of our life mm-hmm. like you know i used to travel a lot for tournaments and i remember asking my dad you know uh, giving me permission to eat meat because if i travel to east asia mm-hmm. you know anything is considered uh, so he said no there are big tennis players in this world we can curd rice and played like the major tournaments and mm-hmm. stuff like that so i remember how i asked you how to deal with people who don't right. understand right. that dairy isn't really required right by not the only not required right. many times it's detrimental right so lacto vegan was another concept you taught me so right. right yeah yeah so yeah i mean 
But in all of this, okay, the whole process of not only just getting rid of your angry redeemer, what is this journey like? Like, you know, is this something that you actually take on now for your family, for your kid as, okay, this is something that I can actually do pretty much everything with natural things and I don't need to resort to antibiotics. I don't need to resort to, you know, prednisone or these kinds of painkillers, Tylenol and so on and so forth. Or is that something that, you know, you have to use on a regular basis in order for you to be, you know, keeping yourself as well as your family healthy or to get healthy from a illness? Good question. So I can only control what's within my vicinity. So my baby is within my vicinity currently. So I think after I met you, I have, I can proudly say that I resolved the you. I'm willing to wait it out. I don't panic as much because again, I took up the course that you offered. Yeah. I mean, a very bad student I was, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Because if you are able to wait and you don't panic, I think you're a great student. <laughs> well, I think a homeopathy subject interested me to see uh, how I can help my son, you know, by the time, you know, at least for first aid uh, sake. So he's on homeopathy for every single thing. And, you know, obviously you've been guiding me through and through ever since we've met and stuff like that. When I had the opportunity to speak to my parents about this whole, I mean, obviously, I can't stop talking about how much it has brought me. I don't share much of what I went through, but to say that it definitely is a better resort to allopathy. Mm -hmm. So my mom, being a cancer survivor, mm -hmm. and my father being a diabetic, mm -hmm. growing up with my grandmother with rheumatoid arthritis mm. these are some major illnesses that right. i've seen right. and witnessed my mom go through chemo and stuff like that mm -hmm. now i wish i'd known better through her uh, treatment mm -hmm. but it's never too late to put her on like you know i keep guiding her i keep right. telling her so now she calls me and she's like okay what do i do i have this I oh, that's I awesome. yeah i mean it's amazing but also, some people dwell in what others say to, right. like, you know, society plays a big role in all of this. I think it's each individual's, how do I say, lack of words, but I think when they take responsibility and mm -hmm. come halfway through, mm -hmm. I, I mean, the rest of it, all all that I share is only information, you mm -hmm. know, it's a step they also need to take forward. But, I mean, I put my dad on a natural diet uh -huh. in India uh -huh. and his numbers are pretty good for now he's on insulin shots and my goal is to get him off that mm -hmm. so like you are so I'm sharing that you know I'm always talking to my mom's friends because if they are also on the same page as me uh -huh. then they're going to help my mom as well uh -huh. so everyone's like oh how do I the only word they do is detox so, I mean, there's no one way to detox. Why are you trying to detox? So, you know, I try to, you know, everyone's like asking me and I'm like, I don't have much information all the time, but I keep sharing whatever I can. Yeah. So the thing is that, that I know. you need to go back and visit the naturopathic course so you can keep helping all these people, right? Because it's really a snowflake becoming an avalanche, right? You know, each one of us have that potential to be able to create that, but in a good way. You know, not to destroy things, but to actually make things, to grow things. We all have that, or in a better way to say it, one drops becomes the ocean, right? Every drop counts to become the ocean. So I think each and every single one of us is a drop that eventually becomes the ocean that's so 
vast and beautiful and you know holds within it so many lives and pretty much holds the life force of this world of this universe or rather of this earth so i think that's how we are and i love 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 that you're actually sharing what you have learned with your parents so that they can actually do better as well and of course it is sometimes frustrating because not everybody is going to listen to what you have to share right and this is not just for you this is true for me as well even when people come and ask me for advice and pay me they don't necessarily always listen <laughs> so you know it is something that can be but we just have to learn not to take that personally and keep on doing our job and i mean it makes me happy to hear that i didn't know that you know that's something that you have been actually doing and uh, making these kinds of changes in your family that's wonderful yeah i take it to the extent where you know my staff need to understand so i brought them books in hindi uh-huh. because they are the ones who are cooking so uh, when they have their off days i'd be like come up with one recipe from this book uh-huh. and then i think it goes to that core because the kitchens are always in india back home we yeah. have a lot of help so sometimes as parents all they shying away from the kitchen and mm-hmm. stop taking responsibility and you know everything is lost in translation you mean something the staff you know for who they are for what they do mm-hmm. they don't know any better so so yeah these are the little steps so they'll always be like why are you torturing us you know why 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 but i sometimes take a trip to east asia so i came back with a suitcase full of celery you know cuz we get good celery uh-huh. and my staff was like hey, what is this how do i do this <laughs> you know and i mean i don't want just my parents i want the whole household you know slowly right. extended and right. you know, i want everyone to be healthy what a beautiful heart right i mean that's something that you need to celebrate about yourself that you know it takes a lot of energy and effort to keep on recreating it's almost like you know we are raising our parents we are raising children <laughs> you know yeah. it really is and you have to go over some things again and again and again before something clicks in place and uh, to have that heart and to actually be willing to go that extra mile and you know talk to the people that you need to talk to send them the recipes that you need to send them to so that you know making that effort to have an effect is wonderful awesome so in this to not having to take conventional medicine because a lot of the world right like even people who believe in holistic medicine people who believe in herbs and things like that that can be helpful a lot of people still immediately whenever there is a fever or when there is a near infection or you know strep throat they hear these words they panic immediately and they go and you know get their children antibiotics and things like that and i've talked so much about these things on all our social media platforms about how much it actually destroys for simple infections when people do that you know one course of antibiotic destroys the gut bacteria for 2 years and that's right. how long it actually lasts and all the different things that comes with it as well you know i mean i have a patient who has taken so many courses of antibiotics that her hormones are messed up because of that and i'm talking about female hormones people don't usually connect these two together and right. there's so many connections like that that we don't think about so what gives you the courage what gives you the strength to be able to not resort to those kinds of things uh like i mentioned earlier coming from an ayurvedic world i think my dad is a big proponent of ayurveda mm-hmm. 
right from, you know, a little uh, sprain in his finger. You know, he would take the pains to travel to Kerala, which is another state in India. Mm -hmm. He would meet uh, the age-old doctor, Ayurveda doctor over there, and he'd, like, fly in and fly out, and he'd be like, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I was pretty young when I used to see and come across all of this. And like I said, when I had prickly heat, mm-hmm. my, because the sun exposure that I had, my dad used to take me to this Ayurvedic doctor and he would give us like bottles of brown quid or mm-hmm. achayams as we call it. But I would do it because either I had to be back on port mm-hmm. uh, immediately or, you know, anything to be out on the port. So I would, I would just like close my nose and drink it quickly. Uh-huh. So I think when every child is born, the mother wants to take responsibility and not give medicines instantly and I think that's how I was also like my mom definitely had put me on homeopathy because in India we get it in like a paper mm-hmm. form and, mm-hmm. I mean it's rolled in a paper it's a powdery uh, substance if I remember right? right so yes I have been acquainted with homeopathy but like I said I grew up with doctors grew up with surgeons in the family mm-hmm. so even if it's lack of calcium lack of wine oh pop in this tablet have it you know sheets and sheets of tablet would just come Right. Uh, because they've been introduced right. to this new medicine by a medical rep. Right. And I don't know how far that was good in many instances, but my voice was too low in the entire household. I was the youngest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was just taking care of myself. I right. I was happy with uh, drinking all these herbal teas back home that I grew up with. So when I stumbled upon and you put me on a natural, I was more than happy to go through that. Mm. And, you know, I understood that it's going to touch the root cause of the problem Mm. and not give me instant or maintenance uh, that, I mean, I was not rushing off anywhere. Mm. I had all the time in the world with the baby in my hand. So Mm. I wanted to do it right. And even after the C-section, I was put on painkillers. Right. So obviously, while I was there... You think you're being taken care of because that's the setting, that's the surrounding nurses are popping in every few um, you know, hours and checking on you. But once I was home, I think my I woke up from that sleep and I said, why do I have to take this? I'll endure the pain because I'm nursing a baby. God knows what I'm eating. Right. And obviously I didn't have my mom around and... It was also, I don't know, I just took a call and I said, I'm going to stay off these medications. Anyway, my husband was around. He didn't let me carry the baby if I was in pain or anything like that. So uh, I think that was the first step. Like I said, from taking the baby, I was starting to become more responsible. Right. Um, about but with your kid, and, when your kid gets sick, because that's something that you know, we want to usually help the helpless, right? You know, our children, typically when they are little, they're quite helpless, you know, they're crying and we want to just give them comfort. So during those times, because I mean, for me, that's very normal. But again, I've been raised in a different kind of a family, household, you know, so it's very different. And I want the audience, the listeners to hear your side of how does it feel like a mother to be, I mean, you're responsible for your child's comfort and happy and healthiness, I mean, healthy and happiness. But at the same time, how do you actually, you know, have the courage to say, well, I'm going to give this natural thing and it's going to work and I'm going to wait. I'm not going to just give a Tylenol or ibuprofen to shut off the fever. How do you find that? Again, we're 
come from a household where, you know, when the baby is born, you have a pack, you know, for colic babies, you know, there's always some remedy or okay. the other only. So it was something that I you grew up with this, as well. Uh, it's me. not something that's new. It's like, you know, that's how it was done when you were growing up and you saw babies that were treated naturally as well. Uh, like I said, I was the youngest in the family, so I didn't really have an opportunity to see babies younger than me. But I did have a cousin whose son I enjoyed feeding. Ah. So every summer when he came home, I would feed. And my aunt, who was his grandmother, also grew up in a household, obviously with my grandmother, who was, you know, always resorting to and stuff like that. Ah. So there was this little uh, bracelet that was sent to me as well when my son was born. Mm-hmm. We call it uh, Watsonburg. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I got down the first wealth flag, if yes. I'm right. Yes. Um, so it's made into a little bracelet right. that the babies wear around. I don't know if it was that yes. or if it was anything else that he didn't really have colic. So yeah. I was lucked out on that. Yeah. And you know, any, that is uh, actually true. And, you know, I'll make sure that I'm saying this clearly to the listeners as well. It's called sweet flag. So it's like a root. And what they'll do is they'll make it into a bracelet, kind of like a bracelet and uh, let the baby wear it. So what the baby is going to do is naturally it's going to, you know, suck on different things. It's going to suck on its own hand and all that. And that one, it really relieves gas and aids in digestion. So the baby that's sucking on that as it's drinking milk will not have colic. Such a simple remedy. And they used to also take the same root and uh, they'll actually grind it up on like a rough rock. And whatever you get out of that will also be put on the baby's tongue at least once every few days once so that the baby, especially if the baby cries often, then they will do that as well. It's called sweet flag. So it's a root and uh, it is wonderful. So if you know someone or have a baby or you know a friend who has a baby that's colicky, then you can actually suggest that to them. And this is also a great aid for adults. It's not necessarily just for babies and that's where it's used, but it can also be used in adults who have difficulty with digesting foods. If there's a lot of heartburn issues or burping or gas, then the same thing can actually work. And the way to also look for that is to look at the tongue coating. And if the tongue coating is white and, you know, it seems to be there present constantly whenever you go to brush your teeth or you look at your tongue, then this would be something that you can add, make it into a tea and drink it or make it into a tincture and, uh, you know, drink it. All of these are ways of consuming it for good health. Right. I'm going to take notes on that. Now. Yes. <laughs> Adding on to that was acetipida. It would breast milk right. and I would apply it around the belly button. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't know if he was colic or not, but mm-hmm. I would just do it at every diaper change. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very ritualistic. Uh-huh. It was super easy to do it. So I was like, okay, diaper change, do this, get done. Okay, yeah. whether he burps, he doesn't burp. I've done my job. Right, right. right. And after and I did the 40-day, the very simple food. I don't know how to right. translate yes. it. Yes, it is actually, it is kind of like a diet that's usually done after delivery for 40 days to kind of help the mother's body heal as well as the baby to be able to develop that kind of flora that it needs to be able to break down the foods because even the mother's milk is in a digested form. Some of the foods that we eat may not be really easily available and that milk can also cause colic because it's not fully digested and the baby still has to digest some aspects of it and typically a baby is still developing a digestive system it doesn't have a fully developed digestive system so 
eating a diet that's not too complicated with so much of like fried foods and sweets and sugars and all these things will be helpful. Yeah, and I mean, I did these little little things for him mm-hmm. as he was a baby. But again, I also like when with the peak, I also had Tylenol on hand, but I would never administer it. Right. Like I would never give it, especially after I met you. I knew like the basic first aid for a fever and you know when to really panic and stuff like that and I think the one time I really panicked was last year he was at first time taken into India he was fine the 60 days that we were there right. I remember emailing you back and forth asking you yeah. you know I mean on the last day he suddenly shot up with a temperature and that's when COVID testing had to be done, you know, right. a lot of things. I mean, not that I couldn't have stayed back. Right. I was like, why is this happening on the last 24 hours kind mm-hmm. of thing? So we resorted to Karpura Valli mm-hmm. Kashayam. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, oregano, again, a different type of oregano. It's Indian oregano. Right. So yeah, so they made it into a congee format. They ground it into a chutney, added it into plain rice, and I had that for the flight for him. Mm-hmm. But my fear was, you know, anywhere they can in my transit, anywhere they can check the mm-hmm. temperature. You know, you don't know what the protocols were. They were mm-hmm. changing weekly. Right. So I was like, I don't know why I have to do this to my son, but I had to put him on Tylenol just yeah. to bring the temperature mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. And the minute I, I landed, I was like, I'm just chucking this bottle. I've given him enough for a whole lifetime now. <laughs> but again, that right. was out of desperation. I wasn't, you know, I don't want to go back there, but yeah, I did resort to that as well. Right. So. And I mean, there are, again, right, because our bodies are so resilient as well. It's not like, oh, once and that's it, you know, everything is going to come down and nothing is going to work. That's not true either. This is a time, but the courage that you actually constantly show, right, in that. And this is something that's very important for people to understand as well that as parents the courage that we show when there is discomfort when we are not well or when our child is not well is something that our child is learning from us constantly they recognize then that oh when i get sick i have the ability to heal when a parent panics what it really does to the child is we are essentially telling the child without saying it in so many words that you are not capable of healing your body isn't capable of healing And you need all these drugs in order for you to be able to heal. But when we give these kinds of natural things, it's also important to tell them that you have this, but we are giving you this so that we can help your own body do what it knows how to do. And so it's a different paradigm to look at. And I talk about this all the time to many of my patients because they are panicking the moment they have fever. And even in children who are older, not even just babies, not toddlers, I'm talking about children who are... 7, 8, 10, 11, you know, even recently I had the conversation with one of the parents for the child has asthma and I've been treating him for asthma and he has a fever and the father immediately panics and he's like, oh, but his fever is 101 and I'm like, that's not even high, <laughs> you know, you don't need to panic. But that is how the psychology has developed, you know, it's almost like be afraid of everything, be afraid that your body is not capable of doing it and yet we do this all the time and you are doing it all the time. Your child is doing it all the time and they are able to actually heal without any of these medications. Right. I mean, I think I came as a blessed son who who would take anything that I would give him. I mean, again, I just talked to Kashayan if he's cold, right. he has a cold and he's at a point where is this good for my health? Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. And, and it's uh, not that he was born like that. I'll tell you this much, okay? Whenever the parents 
recognize that and they have the conviction, kids just do it. That's what I've seen all the time. It's not something that, you know, some kids are capable, some kids are not capable. It is only when parents think, oh, no, my kid can't take it. Like, you know, parents will say that, oh, no, my kid will not take something bitter. My kid will not take something that's salty or sour. And that's when the kids obvious, because we speak what they become. Correct. And so it is your own way of raising him that's actually making him able to do all of those things. And the way you talk, the way you tell things is the way he can ask that question, right? Is this good for me? Is this good for my health? And I'll do it. That's wonderful. Well, I mean, I'll take that back in a moment. <laughs> because he's also, had a, he's, a, you know, he's a toddler. So now right. he's questioning everything. So he, uh, I mean, it's winter. We're all like, in term, I'm in thermals. And uh, he doesn't even want to wear one layer. Ah. So, you know, after much cough and cold and treating him over like a couple of weeks, one week of no sunny nose and very light cough, he goes into a day without hat and he's played in his gym, you know, obviously outdoor and stuff. He comes back with the runny nose and I panic. Mm. And I said, how much work has gone into getting you out of this? And here you are in a jiffy with a runny nose. <laughs> I did panic, obviously I raised my voice and all of that, but I mean, again, it's like, it's not that I'm not prepared to go through the whole series, but yeah. you, you just have to catch yourself and be yeah. aware. It's okay to let it out, I think, once yeah. in a while. Yeah, yeah. we um, all do. I know how much work we put in. So. Yeah. yeah, no, we all do, and that's so, understandable. Uh, Sometimes it's frustrating, right? And believe me, yeah. when, you're, when your son becomes a teenager, you will understand what it means that he's questioning everything. <laughs> That that's a whole different dimension. I don't know. If I should wait or if I can't wait. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I think I'm a big propaganda of trying to stay dairy free currently. So he's never had. I mean, not never had, but in the form, never really had. In I never resorted to cow's milk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would make it into yogurt, homemade yogurts mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. Only because, you know, it also has its goodness, I feel, like in some form. And mm-hmm. obviously, he's like very, very low on weight. And, you know, the panic side of me is like, I don't want him to be chanted in height and all of those little things. But, I mean, when he has a cold and cough, I do stay off mm-hmm. as long as I can mm-hmm. uh, completely. So, I mean, I want him to adjust to everything he's growing he's seeing other kids so when i offer him cookies he's like no i'm not no i really don't want it wow. it is too sweet for me okay so i don't want to totally cut him out of everything right i want to offer the right kind of things with the cookies right. and want to make sure i'm reading the labels again again right. with your education right the little that you shared and i want to be aware of you know what i give him that's wonderful that's awesome so what would you like to share for someone who's starting out on this kind of a, I mean because you know you do have that kind of a background at least to some extent it helps right as you have shared so for someone who doesn't actually have any such thing is there something that you would like to share with them that they can take and make this as a possibility I mean if you have resorted to natural ways of living and natural ways of treating especially after COVID it is possible to be sustainable I think yeah. Now we're all resorting back to, you know, okay, let's go berserk, Thanksgiving, let's go shopping, let's go this, let's go that. I think we should constantly uh, stay focused on living this life. I mean, I have people tell me, why do we have to control our food habits? You know, Mm -hmm. you live this life only once. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
you want to be disease free at the end of you know to the fag end of your life as well so i'm sure all all the all what you do you will definitely face the repercussions so yes. i think the first and foremost fact is to be aware of you know alternative ways of healing yourself mm-hmm. do a lot of research do a lot of uh, reading people say don't read i mean don't read a lot on google i mean i'm like that's the first easiest way you you don't have time these days to pick a book and read but if you do great mm-hmm. look up you know whatever books that you can mm-hmm. if you've chosen to heal yourself naturally i think the next step is to be disciplined about it mm. I'm sure you're going to be in a household with somebody who's not on par with you, right. who's always jarring with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But I think with persistence, I think uh, I've been through that. My husband comes from a big uh, meat eating family, mm-hmm. so today he's a big coffee drinker, mm-hmm. and today he's off coffee. Been a couple of weeks. I don't want to jinx it, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think your persistence should show to people around you. Mm-hmm. That way, they start first looking into what you're doing, and then maybe okay, let me try this right. kind of thing. Right. Inspire um, others by your own actions. Yeah, and also if you're if you're a mother and want the best for your children, mm-hmm. I think showing them the way is the best. Yeah, I mean, you can sit down and talk as much, but they're at an age where they don't understand. Yeah. Like I remember when I grew up with my grandparents. I don't think I remember conversations, but I remember what she did. Mm-hmm. I remember how much effort went into cooking. So all the pains that I take, I mean, I keep repeating myself. It's very easy to buy frozen vegetables. Right. It's very easy to buy packaged stuff. Right. But your child is always going to remember. Uh, the effort you took, or maybe joined hands and did something, even if it's right. a cookie, even if it's you know, join hands and do something together, so that you know, he has fond memories, she has fond memories of doing it and doing it the right. Yeah, no, I agree one hundred percent. That's a great thing to say. Yes, there are all of these things are important, you know, and have all these little things, and even it doesn't have to be perfect. Even if you can actually only do twenty percent, thirty percent, but slowly working. your way up will be extremely helpful as well so i thank you so much for sharing how this has been and also sharing with our listeners on what are the things that they can do to stay on track you know to help themselves to heal and your courage to actually take this as the way to live because that really i think requires a lot of courage okay to be what everybody is doing is very easy to do you know to be different and not only to be different to be able to inspire other people and to motivate other people to affect change requires a lot of courage and that's the reason why i think you are also effective with your family even and it doesn't have to be 100% effectiveness any effect that you add on them is because of the courage that you hold and the way you live the life they get inspired right so that's such a beautiful thing and thank you so much vandana for coming on and sharing your story i appreciate that so much Thank you, doctor, for having me. It's been absolutely. It was just a lovely chat. Yes, I know, right? I love that. You know, that just more conversational. So, thank you again, everyone, for listening to us. And that's a wrap for this episode. I appreciate you listening to us. I know you have places to go and you know things to do. I appreciate the time that you spend with me, listening to all of the different episodes, different stories that I bring to you. 
and maybe you know someone that is actually having skin issues maybe share this episode with them let them listen to it maybe that will initiate something that will help their own healing journey so with lots of love i wrap this up and i will see you next time in two weeks Thank you.